I forgot in the first service, y'all, I forgot uh, to dismiss our children's church. And I remembered it about halfway through the service. And I, but I'm sure the kids knew that I forgot. Amen. Unless if you got your Bible, turn with me to Mark uh, chapter 6. Again, we want to say happy Father's Day to all of our fathers that are here. And today what I want to talk about is this subject of, well, honor. Honor. Uh, I'm going to start out a short little sermon series for a few weeks, and we're going to be talking about character. And it just seemed appropriate to begin today on Father's Day as we seek to honor our fathers. And we'll be doing some of that here at the end of the service. But you know, in our country, so often, it seems like today, uh, we've become a culture without honor. Without honor. And I want to show you an example of what I'm talking about in the life of Jesus. In the life of Jesus, where he was actually limited by what he could do by a lack of honor in his own hometown. The very people who would have, should have, could have honored him the most, honored him the least. And so again, before we get in our verses, let me give you the context of Mark chapter six. Jesus was returning back to his hometown, not, not his birthplace, but the place he grew up, his hometown. He'd been gone for about a year. And the first time that, not the first time, the last time he was there, a year prior, they had run him off and they had threatened to kill him. So Jesus comes back. It's been a year. He's been on this teaching miracle tour, right? Doing all sorts of things. He's raised the dead. The blind can see. The deaf can hear. Multiplying loaves and fishes. As a matter of fact, he even healed Peter's uh, mother-in-law. And during this time, he healed Peter's mother-in-law, which some scholars believe that's the reason why Peter denied Jesus three times. Come on. Preacher joke. Hashtag preacher joke. Listen. <laughs> He's doing, my mother-in-law was in the first service. I liked it better then. Amen. <laughs> Listen, he's doing all these miracles. And then when he came back to his hometown, it seems like he couldn't do as much as he did in other places because of a lack of honor and because of a lack of faith, honor and faith. So look with me, Mark chapter six and verse number one, Mark six, verse one says, then he went out from there and came to his own country and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? In other words, wow, this guy's amazing. I mean, his teachings are powerful. His miracles are amazing. I mean, it's just incredible. But then look at verse 3. And it's, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, uh, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. In other words, isn't this that ordinary, regular guy that we know? We know, we know his mom and them. We know his brothers. We know his sisters. Right? This is the kid that sat in class. He got straight A's and was always the teacher's favorite. Right? But he's not better than us. He's from here. Matter of fact, isn't his mama that one that got pregnant when, before she was supposed to get pregnant? That Jesus? Right? So look at verse 4. It says, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Jesus said, everywhere I've been, I've received honor except at home. Except at home. Now, I want you to look at this word. Look at this next slide. The Greek word translated that in, in that verse where it says, without honor, it's one word, atomus. Atomus means to dishonor, to treat as common, to treat as ordinary. That's what it means to dishonor. If you want a common or ordinary marriage, let me tell you how to get one. Dishonor your spouse. 
Treat her as common. Treat him as ordinary. I mean, why is it in the early years of a relationship, you're just all lovey-dovey, lovey-dovey all the time, baby? Why, I mean, why is it like that? Why is it so sweet in the beginning, but later on it just seems to get so normal and average and common? Because early on, you're constantly showing honor. You're opening the door. You're bringing the presents. You're bringing the flowers for your honey bunches, mama, whatever you call her. Okay? Anybody got any nicknames for your husband and wife you want to share with me right now? I need new ones. Anybody? We'll say it out loud. Anybody brave enough? Little mama, little mama. That's right. But every time I call mama, mama, I try to sound like Elvis. Hey, mama. It's usually something to do with food. What are we eating, mama? All right, so I don't know. Anyway, I'll find out your little nicknames for each other later because I need new ones. But listen, what happens is in an early in a relationship, you're showing honor over and over and over again, but you get married and all of a sudden you start to take one another for granted. Instead of showing honor, you're treating as average, you're treating as ordinary, you're treating it as common, right? And, and you're actually showing dishonor. Now, the flip side of that word for dishonor, look at this next slide, is the word timme. Timme, honor. By the way, you see it there. It looks like time, doesn't it? You want to honor somebody today? One of the best ways you can do it is by giving what? Giving some time. That's a different sermon for a different day. But uh, Timme means in Greek to value, respect, or esteem, a highly esteemed, to treat as precious, weighty, or valuable. Now, one of the examples when I was thinking about this that I thought of, I've got this book. Now, you could, right now, you could order this book on Amazon. It probably costs you $19.99 or whatever it is. And, and you can, it's not that expensive. It's a common book. Anybody can have this book, but you can't have the one that I have. Because this book that I have that you could buy the exact same version of, the book that I have was signed by the author. The author is Dr. Adrian Rogers. We're probably one of the greatest preachers, pastors who has ever walked the face of the earth. And Adrian Rogers, he wrote my name in this book and he put his name with it. All right. So Dr. Adrian Rogers signed this book and gave it to me. Newsflash, you can't have it. Why? Because, because I highly esteem it, right? I don't treat the book as common or ordinary. I don't take the book and throw it in the back seat of the truck. I don't take the truck, I mean, the book and, and, and put my coffee on top of it. I, I, I highly esteem it, right? Tim May, man, I treat that book with respect because it was written for me by Dr. Adrian Rogers. Matter of fact, look at this next slide. What does honoring do? Honoring esteems and it lifts up. Dishonoring devalues and tears down. Honoring esteems and lifts up. Dishonoring, right, devalues and tears down. To honor someone is to believe the best about them. To dishonor someone is to always believe the worst. Honor lifts, dishonor tears down. Now, let me give you an example. Maybe your hus husband doesn't act very honorable. It could be because you don't show him any honor. Maybe your wife doesn't always act very honorable. Maybe it's because you don't show her any honor. Why? Because honor lifts. Dishonor tears down. Many of you, maybe you're saying, well, I, I'm not, I can't treat them with honor. They're not honorable. How can I treat them with honor? Write this down. Honor is given. Respect is earned. We get the two confused. Honor, according to Scripture, is to be freely given. Honor is given. Respect is earned. You can honor somebody you don't respect. In my life, in the ministry, I've been around some politicians I didn't respect, but I honored them. I honored them. There's a big difference. You can honor someone just because of the position or who God has placed around you. Honor is freely given. 
You can't treat anybody with honor. Uh, but if, see, if, if you wait till they're living honorably to treat them with honor, you've got the order in reverse. You treat them with honor before they're living honorably. And the honor which upon, that you bestow upon them are the ways, the tide that lifts them up so that they can become honorable and live up to what you're projecting into their life. Honor empowers. Honor encourages. The reason our country may be the way it is is because over and over again, we've been devaluing people by being dishonoring. Watch what a spirit of dishonor does to the Son of God. Look at it in Mark chapter 6, verse 4. Okay, we already read this, but he said, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Dishonor. What are the results? Look at verse 5. Referring to Jesus, says, Now he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Notice, and it blows my mind, it doesn't say that he wouldn't do it. It says he couldn't do it. I don't understand all of that, how God somehow limits himself by our faith and our honor of him. But he says he couldn't do it. Not only that, it says he was amazed at their unbelief. He was blown away. He's like, you people don't believe. Where there was a lack of faith, lack of faith, there was a lack of honor. And where there was a lack of faith and where there was a lack of honor, Jesus could not do what he could do in other places where they believed him and where they honored him. And tragically, what scares me to death for our culture, our country, for the most part is we seem to be a country without honor. So what does the Bible say? Who are we called to honor in the Bible? Just Let's hit just a couple of high points here real quick. Take some notes. Write this down. The first group of people that we're called to honor is our parents. God, happy Father's Day. God's word says that we are to honor our parents. The Bible is clear about this. One of the top 10 commandments, Exodus 20 verse 12 says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God has given you. We're told to honor our fathers and our mothers. Tragically today, wouldn't you agree that one of the most uh, disturbing things about our culture is how dishonoring sometimes we are to our parents. I mean, and it's got to break the heart of God the way that some young people treat and talk back to their parents. You see these young people, we, we, the Kellys were just on vacation, right? And I could tell as soon as I went to put pants on, as soon as we got back, right? You know, like the, not a last, you know, woo. All right, but let's pray for me. Uh, but listen, and I, we were on vacation. I heard a child smarting off to their mama. And I thought, mm, as for me and my house, we'll bust that rear. <laughs> I don't know if you track that verse down. Listen, from a, at a, from a very young age, at very early, we taught both of our children, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. No, sir, no, ma'am. Now, one of our kids took to that better than the other one, but I'll let you guess which one that is, and you might be wrong. Okay? Yes, sir, yes, ma'am. No, sir, no, ma'am. Why do we do that? Is it demeaning for the child? No, it's their way of showing honor to their parents for being their parents. It's saying, I honor you as my mother and as my father. We do it for grandparents as well, even if we don't think they deserve it. Out of a surrendered and a submissive heart, a grateful heart for what God has done for us, we show honor to our fathers and to our mothers. Now, the second group, write this down. Number two, the second group is those who are in authority. Those in authority over us. 
We're commanded to show honor to those who are in authority, those God has placed above us. Romans 13 talks about honoring those in the governing authorities. It says this in Romans 13, verse 7. It says, render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due. I hate that verse. (laughs) Customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Now, what we have today in America is a constitutional republic. I thank God for it. A government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And we've all got a say and we've all got a stake in this thing called the United States. And yet still, God has commanded us to show honor that he has placed above us. Now, whether you voted for them or not, it it's, doesn't matter. I mean... And not, it's not just in national life or whatever, politics. Those of you who play ball, you need to honor your coaches, right? Those of you uh, who are in school, you need to honor your professors and your teachers. Those of you, when you go to work Monday, you need to honor your boss. And you're like, my boss is a jerk, I know. But you need to honor them. You need to honor them. There's this principle, Dr. Adrian Rogers talked about it, and Tony Evans has taken it up as well. It's this principle of kingdom authority. Of kingdom authority. Listen, you're never going to be an honorable boss by being a jerk employee. It never happens. It will never happen. If you want to be the honorable supervisor someday, if you want to be the honorable CEO, the honorable whatever that is for you, it starts here and now. God will never put you over the things that he's called you to be over until you're willing to be under the things God has called you to be under. This is not about being a floor mat or being run over or any of that. We're talking about honor, giving honor to those whom honor is due. You'll never be over what God has called you to be over until you're willing to be under what God has called you to be under. That's the order. That's kingdom authority. And we're to honor those in authority. Ladies, if you don't like your husband, he's not such a great leader, right? You honor him anyway. If you treat him as ordinary and common, he will be ordinary and common, and he will not feel empowered to lead like God has called him. But you honor him, and you watch as he grows into the honorable position that God has called him into. I think about myself and my wife, right? Uh, Alicia, my wife has never embarrassed me publicly at all. Not even once. Right, you know what I'm talking about. You see these couples. You see a wife that you can tell she's kind of sniping at, nagging at, belittling her husband in front of other people, insults her husband. Or maybe the husband that runs down his wife like it's some kind of big joke publicly. We just kind of insult each other, ha, 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 right? That's terrible. That's not honoring, right? And you always see through it. Often they do it like they're kidding, but you know there's just a little bit of truth, right? There's just a little, just a jab, Right? My wife has never in any way embarrassed me publicly. And if, as far as I know, the only time I embarrass her is when I'm preaching. And I go, she's sitting right there. Amen. Right there. Y'all look at her. I'm in trouble. God's word says, show honor. Honor is given. Respect is earned. Number three, write this down. Who else do we show honor to? This is my, believe it or not, this is my least favorite part. You show honor to your pastor and church leaders because this always feels like self-serving somehow. But we're called by God uh, to show honor to our pastors and church leaders, right? Those who are spiritually instructing and disciplining us. 1 Timothy 5 verse 17 says this. Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. In case you're wondering, that's me. And I told them, if you want to honor me, you just bring a coconut cake. It's good. Amen? That's how this thing works. 
I'm kidding. Don't do it. It's a biblical mandate that we honor those, right, who are in spiritual authority over us. And I believe that God blesses that. But you show me a church, you show me a church that does not honor their pastor, that belittles their pastor, that when they dismiss at whatever time, they all get together and eat and they have roasted preacher for lunch and they run down their preacher and they talk about their Sunday school teacher, they run down their worship leader, whatever it is. You show me a church full of those kind of people, I'll show you a church that God is not blessing, God is not growing, and God is not empowering to accomplish what he's called the church to empower. You'll never find a church like that that's doing anything for God. Never. Ever. God's not going to bless that. And you can usually tell what kind of church that is. When you devalue the office of pastor and the pastor does not feel empowered, trusted, honored to lead, lifted up, God will not bless it, period. Now, one of the great things, and let me One of the great things about leading here at Grace is I've never felt like I wasn't honored. That's never happened, right? Generally speaking, as a whole, Grace Baptist Church, I've always felt honored being the pastor of Grace Baptist Church. At no point, no time did I just kind of think, man, Grace Baptist is dishonoring me, right? It doesn't mean that they're not critics. I mean, it just kind of comes with it. There are people that hate you. Do you know this? There are people that just don't like like your face. (laughs) And I grow a beard. They hate your beard. Right? It's either the face or the beard, lady. I can't. That's all I got. <laughs> there are some people, I'm not talking about here, but there's some people in the ministry, they will just hate you for no reason. They just don't like your style. They don't like your smell. They don't like your wife. I don't know what it is. Right? And you, you've never done. I mean, in the ministry, I've, I've been criticized. I've been lied about. I, I've had somebody say, right, that I had visited for a surgery that I don't visit people in the hospital. I mean, some people say the craziest thing. It's like, no, I visited you. But listen, but some, some criticisms are true, aren't they? And sometimes we need some correction, but there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And Grace Baptist Church has never made me feel like anything less than honored to be the pastor of Grace. I wish that was true for all the pastors that I know, but it's not. And so if you go out here and have lunch today with somebody and they're running down their preacher, you tell them, Brother Marcus, they quit it quit it, right? It doesn't mean that, again, that there's not things that need to be addressed or whatever, but we're to honor those who God has put in front of us or put over us. And when a pastor feels honored, it just lifts him up and it helps him to take the role that God has given him seriously because he knows that when the church honors him as pastor, the church is taking the role that God has given them seriously. And so then the pastor can surrender himself to leading that church in the direction that God is calling. But you show me that preacher that is getting run down, beat down, mistreated and abused and disrespected and dishonored. He'll never take that step of faith to do the things that God wants him to do because he knows the people won't follow him. How does he know? They do not honor him. The church honored pastor will follow the leading of God with abandon and surrender. The dishonored pastor, he'll follow the leading of God with a resume to another church. It's the fact. But before, I, anyway, so honor the pastor, coconut cake, let's move on. And just in case, just in case, you don't think, it really was my least favorite part. Don't honor Scott, by the way. I'm the pastor. It applies to all of us. Look in your notes at Romans chapter 12, 
Verse 10. It says, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. In other words, we should be outdoing one another in how we honor each other. Those of you who have children that are being ministered to in children's church and nursery, and this Wednesday night, we're bringing back all of our Wednesday night activities, our Wednesday night teachers, and all those who minister uh, to us here at church, we should be going out of our way to thank them. Show them honor, honor who minister to you and your family. Outdo one another in showing honor. You want a great marriage? Outdo each other in showing honor. You'll have a great marriage. But often it's not the case. And even as a culture, look at this next slide. Why is it that we are a culture that seems to be without honor in many ways? That seems to be without honor in many ways. Write this down. We do not honor each other because we do not honor God. We do not honor each other because we do not honor God. All true honor is born out of a heart surrendered to the King of Kings. That's where it comes from. Psalm 22, verse 23 says this. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him and fear him. All you offspring of Israel. But the problem is we treat God as regular. We treat God as ordinary. We treat God as common. We're way too familiar with him. Right? He's just too, he's the big guy upstairs. He's the big man. He's the, Jesus is my homeboy. He is not your homeboy. And I mentioned this in the first service, but, and, it's, and I can't think of anybody you know, right? So if this is you, this is from heaven. But I see it often. If I see a Christian woman, it's mostly ladies. I don't know why, but it's mostly, it sounds like a ladies term. But if I see another Christian woman post on social media, dear baby Jesus, sweet baby Jesus, help me get through this Monday. Sweet baby Jesus, I can't wait for school to start back. These kids are getting on my nerves. Sweet, dear baby Jesus, I'm going to lose my mind. You need to stop it. You need to cut it out. It needs to go. Who do you think that you are? Sweet baby Jesus. Who do you think that he is? What do you think that he's done for you? That you could call him sweet dear baby Jesus. He's not some good luck token that you take out and rub his little belly and put him back in the manger. Dear sweet baby Jesus. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the ruling, reigning, soon returning King of kings and Lord of lords. He, it, listen, he went out like a lamb, but he's coming back like a lion. He holds your next breath in the palm of his hand. Sweet baby Jesus. He's going to rule and reign with a rod of iron. The victorious, risen Savior of the world. And let me tell you what he's not. He is not your sweet baby Jesus. When he comes back, he's coming with a sword. He is the righteous one. Shed his blood so that you could live. Sweet baby Jesus. And see, what happens is this, when we, when we don't treat God as common, when we don't treat him as common, we won't treat other people as common. When we hold God in honor, we'll hold other people in honor because it's God's honorable, holy, righteous name that is written on our hearts. And when his name is written on our hearts, we see the value in others and we'll hold them in honor. Look at this next line. We are not common or ordinary because we're made valuable by his name. Not by our name, 
but by his name. And when we get that, we will return and reclaim this forgotten virtue of honor. To honor others is right and it's holy. If you're a believer, you're valuable because of what Jesus did for you. He wrote his name on your heart. And the only reasonable response when you recognize that that God has written his name on your heart is to live a life that is honoring to him. And him, the God who has written his name on your heart, he has commanded you to hold others in honor. That's the only reasonable response. But sadly, though, I mean, that's just not what's happening, is it? Look at Isaiah 29, 13. This is true far too often. Isaiah 29, 13 says, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me. Waymaker, promise keeper. Right? Lip service. My prayer is that we will be a generation of people that we will not just give God lip service, that we'll honor him with our very lives. Because he's the only one truly worthy of honor. They don't deserve it. Right? Pastors, they don't deserve honor. Right? Sunday school teachers don't. Listen, some of your parents, they don't deserve honor. All the authorities above us, they don't deserve honor. But the only one who deserves honor has commanded you to freely give honor to others. Because he's written his holy, righteous, perfect name on your heart. And you didn't deserve it. And he wants you to give that grace, that mercy, and that honor to the life of others. When we realize who we are because of what he did, then we'll see the value in others and we'll show honor to them because they were valuable enough for Jesus to give his life. Show honor. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. Lord, we ask you to forgive us when we forget of who we are and what you've done and what you've called us to. Lord, we just pray for your help. God, that we will respond with our lives to the calling you have placed on it. Listen, guys, every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. Be respectful of your neighbors for just a second. Those of you that are saved this morning, you know that you've been forgiven. You know his name is on your heart. And maybe if you're just being honest during this message, you've recognized there's somewhere in your life where you've been dishonoring. Maybe you dishonored to, maybe it's your parents, a spouse. Maybe you've been dishonoring to your boss. Maybe you've been dishonoring to the spiritual leaders that God has placed over you. And then maybe it's not like this big obvious thing. Like you're not just out here just being a dishonorable person. But you've just kind of noticed that in your life, you haven't been intentionally showing honor where honor is due. Maybe the Spirit of God is convicting you. You need to show honor. And maybe for all of us, for all of us who are here, all of us who are believers, maybe your prayer is simply, God, I want to be, Lord, I want to be more honoring. I want to honor like you have called me to honor. Is that your prayer this morning? Will you raise your hand if that's your prayer? All over, all over. Let's pray together. God, help us to see the opportunities that you've given us to show honor. God, first of all, may we honor you, not with lip service, but with our hearts and with our lives and with everything. Lord, may we never be guilty of just good intentions, but to follow through and show honor where honor is due. But God, even in our hearts, not just outwardly, Lord, but in our hearts, in our lives, help us have a posture of honor.
to those around us, to placing others first. And God, for the true honor that we owe you, the honorable King of kings and the Lord of lords, God, may we honor you with everything that we have. And God, that you will help us to honor others. Listen, every head bowed, every eye closed as we continue to pray. No, pray for your neighbors. Some of you this morning, you recognize that probably that you're not saved. And if you think about your life, you know that your life has been dishonoring to God. You know it, right? Maybe you've given God lip service, but you've never really placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We talk about honoring people and honoring those who don't even deserve it. But that's what God did for you. Did you know that he honored you when you didn't deserve it? Look up for just a second. Look at this verse in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. And we do this verse all the time. We read this verse all the time. We quote this verse all the time. Don't treat this verse as common and ordinary right now. Let these words sink in. It says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that while we were still sinners, while we were still unhonorable, disrespectful, Ugly, sinful, lying, thieving, blaspheming. While we were as far away of, uh, away from being honorable as we could ever get, the worst we've ever been in that moment, God honored you. And God honored me. He sent his son Jesus, who lived that perfect, honorable life. He never sinned. He sent him to the cross to pay the price for our sin. See, because there's something we hear a word around a lot today. It's the word justice. See, in your heart, God has given you this natural instinct. You want justice to be done. When somebody does something bad, you want them to pay the price. And you know that your sin has to be paid for. There has to be justice. You've done wrong. You've hurt people and people have hurt you. Somebody has to pay Jesus paid that price for you. He took that justice upon himself. He took all of your sin, all of your regret, all of your shame, everything you've ever done that's dishonorable. He honored you by taking that upon himself, his death, burial, and resurrection for your salvation so that you could be saved. So let me ask you, what are you going to do this morning? How are you going to respond? Are you going to honor that God who is calling you to salvation by saying yes to Jesus? Or are you going to turn your back on so great a sacrifice, so great an honor, and say no to Jesus one more time? You need Jesus. And right now, he is saying yes, yes. But someday it could be too late, and he's going to put a no with your no. But right now, he has you here for a reason. Do you need Jesus? Let's pray one more time. Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No looking around. Listen, I want to encourage you this morning. You know right there in your seat that Jesus is calling you to salvation, that you need to be saved, you need to be forgiven, you need to be redeemed, and you want to say yes to what Jesus is offering, salvation. And you want to receive this free gift of salvation. Is that your prayer? Listen, I want the honor of praying with you. I won't call you out, right? We don't single you out. I wouldn't embarrass you for anything. Every head bowed, every eye closed. But right now, in this moment, you know that you want to pray to receive Jesus Christ. And I just want to pray with you. So if that's your prayer right now, would you slip your hand up for just a second so I can pray with you? God bless you. I see you. Who else? I see you. You can put your hand down. You can put your hand down. Anyone else? Listen, even if you didn't raise your hand just then, why don't you do business with God right there in that chair? He brought you here for this moment, man. 
where you simply come to him and you just confess, turn from your sin and turn to Jesus. Maybe just pray a prayer like this and say, Father God, I'm a sinner. Tell him, Lord, I'm a sinner, but I repent. I turn from my sin and I'm turning to Jesus. Save me, Jesus. Tell him, say, Lord, I'm putting my faith in your death, burial, and resurrection for my salvation. All of me, I surrender to all of you. Save me, Jesus. I want to encourage you if you just prayed that prayer. He just saved you. He's redeemed you. He's forgiven you. You know, the first step for a new believer that's trusted in Christ is to follow through in believer's baptism. It's where you come and publicly you identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not ashamed. Maybe you've prayed that prayer at some point sometime before now. And you, you know that you need to follow through and be baptized. Why don't you come this morning and we'll rejoice with you and we'll schedule that time and pray with you. Maybe you're here this morning and you know that you need to be baptized. Maybe you were baptized at some point before, but your salvation and your baptism are out of whack somehow. We get saved and then we get baptized. That's the order. And, and like I said, maybe somehow that's out of order for you. You need to get that right so that you can have a clean conscience before God. Maybe this morning God is calling you to be a part of this church family. You recognize that Grace Baptist Church is your church home. God has called you to serve here. God has called you to be a part of the team. Why don't you come this morning and make it official and we'll celebrate and rejoice with you. Maybe this morning there's something else you need to come and pray about this Father's Day. Maybe there's something, uh, somebody that you need to be praying for. Maybe there's something you need to come and lay down at the altar. Whatever it is, I want to encourage you. Use this invitation that God has given us. Father God, we surrender this time to you. We love you. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Will you stand with me? You come. Don't wait.